Hey, it's Ralph here. Q1 is now closing and it probably didn't go as well as you had hoped, but I'm sure your agency is probably telling you that they crushed it. But in reality, it crushed you. If your agency isn't on the same page as you are, if there's something wrong, but you can't quite put your finger on what that thing is, go on over to tier11.com forward slash apply. It will set you up on a call to show you a better way to look at your business, not just metrics that make us agencies look good, but something that actually moves the needle and makes you more money, acquires more new customers, and ultimately achieves your vision. Head on over to tier11.com forward slash apply today. Welcome to Perpetual Traffic. This is episode 338. And today's conversation is between Ralph and Kasim and their relationship with their account managers. They talk about Google and Facebook and the different ways that they've interacted and also the differences between the two companies and how they run it. So anybody who has an agency or is running paid traffic, it's a fantastic conversation to listen to. But before we get into the show, we have to say thanks to NSP Fanatic, who left another review and said the show is the best digital marketing podcast for small businesses. They said they've been listening to Perpetual Traffic since around episode 100, and it's the only podcast that stays on the cutting edge of digital marketing tactics while reinforcing the need to stick to the basics of marketing. Thank you so much for leaving us a review. And to everybody else who has left reviews and ratings on your favorite podcast platform, we thank you so much. They help us keep the show free and they help the show to reach more people so we can keep bringing you guys more incredible episodes. Now that's enough for today. We're going to get into today's conversation with Ralph and Kasim right after this quick break. You're listening to Perpetual Traffic. Well, there is no question that when it comes to influence and persuasion in digital marketing, no one, and I mean no one, commands more respect than Dr. Robert Cialdini. If you have never read his books, Influence and Persuasion, I swear you are missing so much in your digital marketing, not only as an influencer and an advertiser, but as just a great marketer. And that's why I'm so excited to invite you to a free webinar where he'll be sharing his latest insights on new e-commerce strategies. Now, alongside Dr. Cialdini, you'll learn from Bass Wilders and the authors of Reputation King, my buddy Scott Branley and DJ Sprague. Attendees will absolutely be able to understand exactly how to gain a competitive edge in the marketplace by leveraging online reputation management. Now, that's something that we haven't talked about here on this show all that much. And it's more reason for you to register for the webinar here, which is completely free over at reputationking.com forward slash PT. So join us on April 18th from 12 noon to 2 p.m. Eastern. That's 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Pacific for you West Coasters by registering at reputationking.com forward slash PT. Once again, that's reputationking.com forward slash PT. Cialdini has been a huge influence on me. and I can't wait to see how his new e-commerce strategies resonate with you and how they affect your business in a positive way using reputation management. Make sure that you register for the April 18th free webinar at reputationking.com forward slash PT. Google just rolled out... Uh, kind of an insane feature they're calling it conversion value rules hmm. and what they're allowing you to do is 
take a conversion value. So let's say somebody like, you know, you, you sell cell phone cases and somebody buys a $10 cell phone case. Yep. That's the conversion value. So Ralph came to my site, bought a cell phone case, conversion value is 10 bucks. Well, Google is allowing you in the conversions column to create rules around those values. So you might say, hey, I know everybody from California, statistically speaking, ends up buying double over time. So if the prospect came from California, then the conversion value is worth 2x. Or if the prospect was on a mobile device, or if the prospect was a part of this audience, those are the three dimensions. It's location, audience, device. But they're letting you say, you know, the conversion value is worth... Uh, a certain percentage or just a, a static integer, so like $5 more or whatever, which allows you to account for the lifetime value of that customer. It's pretty sharp in theory because basically what Google is saying is, look, we want to make sure that we're bidding the cost of the, the customer, not the transaction. And there's a, the other way to do that is to pipe the information back into Google using offline conversion actions, but very few people do that. And so now they're letting you use what you know about your customers and, and add that information on the front end. Here's the problem. Well, there's actually a bunch of problems with this, but the biggest one that I see is I see agencies spoofing conversions all the time and they'll do things like, you know, somebody landing on a page views a conversion. We evaluate a lot of campaigns. That's our primary call to action. And so I get into these campaigns and some of the stuff they do is actually really creative. Like it's almost impressive if it wasn't so, you know, unethical but it, it's hard because when they do that you know like a page view counting as a conversion you're going to get hundreds if not thousands of page views and customers can usually see through that google just gave the bad guys the ability to to paste the lie so they're basically going to say you know hey boost all conversion values by 20 30 percent and you know the uh, for a client that's not paying really close attention they're never going to know unless they end. And it's kind of hidden in the dashboard where the conversion value column is exists is hidden. There's a bunch of other issues too, but that's the one that really struck me is, man, you're just equipping the the folks that want to, you know, use faulty or faux conversions. Hmm. So have any of your guys started to dabble with it at all, or at least sort of look at it and look at the validity of the data? No. Well, we use offline conversion tracking on the back end, which is the, the I think the more effective way to do it. So the, the, Counter story is somebody buys a ten dollar cell phone case, and then eighteen months later they also buy AirPods or whatever. You can because you're you're tracking that first party data, which is something that we're now going to talk about forever. You can append that GCLID to that new transaction, give it back to Google, and say, "Hey, this customer's worth even more." That's the better way to do it because mm -hmm. that's a real number. Instead of guessing at what this customer might be worth, I'm going to give Google the real numbers on an ongoing basis in perpetuity. So this is really for for folks that don't want to go through that hassle and that headache. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. So how do you see yourself using it? Like California buyers was one of that was a good example. Like where else would you potentially use it? If I wanted to really juice the algorithm, if I wanted to lie to Google and I wanted Google to get more aggressive with my bidding, um, especially if I was in the e-com space and especially if I didn't mind lost leaders. So if you're new to the space, let's say you're venture backed and you've got the money and you just want to earn customers, Google's going to try to spend your money efficiently. You know, so you're selling shirts and the shirt's 50 bucks and Google knows that, you know, 300% ROAS is generally necessary in order to, to equip proper margins and whatever, whatever. And you're like, I'm not selling enough. I know once I get somebody to wear my shirt, they're going to wear a bunch of them. And once I get people on our list, we're able to like really, you know, there's a huge ascension model here. So I'd go in and, and tell Google, hey, this, this customer's worth three, four, five X. And then that'll, that'll give Google the latitude to say, okay, we're going to bid more aggressively. 
So if I have an early stage client that wants to be aggressive and has the budget to do so, I'd, I'd, I'd do that. It's basically lying to Google um, about what you're making, but they're giving you the opportunity to do that. So I would, I would anticipate them understanding that that's how people are going to use it. Hmm. How often do these, these types of updates occur? Like, is this the, it's like weekly, there's something new when you go Every into week. Google AdWords. Yeah. 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 And they never tell you is the funny thing is like, sometimes you'll get a mild tweet. There's a gal who's like Google's the Google ads evangelist, you know, she'll like tweet out something, but usually it just shows up in the dashboard and then somebody spots it. And, you know, you have to kind of just have your finger to the pulse on do it like a Reddit threads. Search Engine Journal does a good job at kind of tracking those things. But yeah, they're just, and what bugs the daylights out of me, and they do this with the organic too, but they'll roll things out and it will have been rolled out for six months. And then they'll come out and say, oh, by the way, we made this change to the algorithm or the machine learning. And then you get to look at it and go, well, crap, that's why performance dropped or increased or whatever. And now they're telling us and, and they do it because if they tell you about it beforehand, everybody's up in arms and we push back and it's just, you know, a shitstorm. If they do it after the fact, you've already acclimated to it. You've already adjusted it. And then they tell you what it is that they did. Mm. Got it. Yeah. They're not super friendly with the agencies. They don't like us. Yeah. Yeah. It would seem that, that that's an interesting with Facebook, it's sort of the opposite. Like they tout almost anything that's new in a certain way. Like we're in constant communication. I mean, there's some things that we notice that they don't really pick up, you know, but our, our partner manager is pretty good about proactively. I mean, a lot of it is like privacy stuff. And I'm kind of looking at most of the things that, you know, we got from her this week. There's something that I should mention about Instagram reels here for sure. But a lot of it is just, you know, more public policy things, mm. you know, some blueprint trainings, like community standards, those kind of things. But then, you know, they will issue a new release or, a, you know, a new potential placement or something like that. And we're notified of it. I don't know. That, like, that's really interesting because, I mean, Google's just so big. It's not like they don't have the personnel to at least talk to you guys as an agency about it, but they just choose not to. Like, what, what does your, what does your rep tell you? We don't have <laughs> you from, you don't have, I thought you had, oh, really? Yeah, no, we don't have a direct partner manager any longer. We, we lost them in a, in a shuffle of resources. And now instead of a, a an agency manager, what they're trying to do is they're trying to assign one resource for every individual account. And what they want to do is instead of being Google in touch with the agency, the agency in touch with the customer, they want to be Google in touch with whoever's managing the account, preferably the customer. And so I get, we get emails every single day from the Google rep emailing us and my, my customer, the end user, let's say. Mm. And it's funny because they'll, they're aggressive. Like the one yesterday was, you know, Hey, I can't get a hold of you. I've made some recommendations that will improve the performance of this campaign. You haven't implemented them yet. It's been three weeks. And what they don't realize is the rec well, probably, I don't know. The reps don't realize is the recommendations are atrocious. It's all in favor of what Google wants, you know, like, Oh, maximize conversions, just spend more, you know, like lift the lid, remove this limitation. Right. And yeah, we stopped answering their phone calls and their emails and stopped scheduling calls with them. And some of them don't care. They get pretty hands off pretty quickly. And some of them have gotten like, like one guy found our booking calendar from a sales. We have a, on our website, we have a, a booking calendar that you can book time with our salesperson. And he mm -hmm. booked with the sales guy in order to try to get into us and be like, you have to make these changes. So you can tell they're incentivized in some way right. to, get, to get that stuff pushed across. But 
yeah, they're not agency friendly at all. That's really interesting. Yeah, I mean, Facebook has taken almost a, a completely opposite stand. I mean, getting an individual account for an individual customer, I mean, I would say probably we've got 40 or 50 accounts. I mean, we've got probably 100 or so, you know, in our business manager, but let's say less than half have their own rep, if not maybe a quarter. So, and they're still trying to, to reach out to those people, but you know, we've been a part of this partner manager program for quite some time now, and it's been a good relationship. We've gone through like four or five different partner managers and they're very proactive, but they're friend, they're friendly and helpful. And we know that they have an agenda just because like, that's just the way that the corporate world works. So we're like, all right, that's cool. You know, we get sort of a scorecard as to how we're using all these individual metrics, like all placements, if we're using CBO, if we're using video, short form video, long form video, like all that kind of stuff. And they were kind of given a rating, but at the end of the day, it's really, it's more about them cultivating just more dollar volume. So, I mean, <laughs> that's, how, that's how that business operates. That's how it really works. But we take, you know, half, I wouldn't say half, but I mean, we take their recommendations as much as we possibly can. You know, we've talked about some of that stuff on, on perpetual traffic as well. And we'll test it out and see if it works and then kind of report it back to the, to the world. But yeah, I mean, they look at our spend, even though our spend is slightly down, I would say month over month, it, you know, it's still, we're an important ally to them because they look at us as a conduit to the greater world. Hmm. So why go for 40 or 50 different active accounts when they can just kind of go to us and we're the conduit for those 40 or 50. And then they'll have individual account managers if they can get to them based upon personnel for the individual businesses. So that's sort of the way that we've, we've seen it evolve. So it's, it's a good arrangement. I mean, it's really helpful from, you know, a policy standpoint, that's been super helpful. Although we did recently have a, we, we had sort of this run of individual policy questions with some of our customers and, you know, our partner managers was just so good at helping with policy. And then there was this one, just recently where they were involved in the crypto scene and very legitimate, like actually as like a part of the overall portfolio for this company that helps people retire. And we couldn't get it back. Like we couldn't get policy to okay. It was the first time in a long time where we haven't been able to reverse policy because policy is a pain in the ass. If you're, if you're a Facebook person i mean in fact it's run by yeah yeah it's it's rough so if you run into policy issues with google like where do you go like what do you do do you go through they do have they actually have a pretty good remediation process you can appeal their appeal process is is pretty quick you know the 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 automated slaps on the wrists tend to be really expansive but the appeals tend to be better especially if you make your case well but yeah they, they used to have we used to have a partner advocate two and a half years. We actually had it through an agency that was that was helping us with some white label services. And then when we dumped that agency and brought everything in house, we, we lost that resource. And what's interesting about it too, is I've talked to other agencies since and, and everybody's losing them. Like Google seems to be pulling back on their commitment to agencies. And, and it makes sense. They want to go to the end user. They want people to feel like it's so easy that they can just, you know, here's my URL, here's my credit card, go, I trust you. And, and I think in a couple of years, that'll actually be the case. You know, like yeah. there's, and there's a couple of Google products now, like Google sponsored listings, I think they're called. They're, they're these little tiles that show up for very specific industries. Like if you want a plumber and you search for, you know, plumber near me, it's not a normal Google ad. There's all these little tiles that cascade across your screen. Yeah. The, the 
Content there is very limited. You have to have a background check. Google guarantees the, the work for up to a million dollars. And it's not hard to do. Like you don't need an agency for that stuff. But all the rest of the stuff is so complex. And I think they just, I don't know if they don't get it yet or they're like planning for the future where you're not going to need the agency in their mind, but they've mm. just kind of locked us out. Yeah, two, you know, monolithic, you know, tech companies with very different strategies when it comes to like what it is that we do. That's, that's interesting. Even and YouTube is the same. It's like, it doesn't, there's no difference between anything. It's like, Ooh. it doesn't matter. What was that question, Ralph? Sorry. Is there any, uh, like if you have, I mean, it's, we're talking about Google just so people understand, like it's Google and plus YouTube, it's all in the same bucket. It's not yeah. like there's any sort of differentiation inside Google between, you know, a YouTube, you know, chat assisting person and a Google search. Not at all. It's all the same. the same. Yeah. And there, I, I haven't found one of the individual account reps. Some of them have been very kind, but I haven't found one that tells me anything that I agree with. They're all reading from the exact same script. And the problem is, is to get anything out of them. I imagine that there are some agencies that probably have stronger advocacy than we do. And that's because those agencies comply. Like mm -hmm. Google, your partner status, one of the three factors that goes into where you rank as a Google partner is whether or not your optimization scores are high in the eyes of Google. The problem with that is the optimization scores are based off of rules that I don't agree with. And mm. so this gets a little grenade throwy right now. But, you know, I've had people ask me, like, why aren't you a premier partner? You know, I've got 160 clients. Like we have way than more than enough volume to be premier partners. And my pushback to that is, well, you actually... If somebody is a premier partner, you might want to question them as to why are you doing everything Google is telling you to do? You know, at that point, you can just go into the recommendations tab and just, you know, just green light everything and you're, you're good to go. So in your case, like a Google premier partner is a stamp of disapproval. Potentially. There's some good Google premier partners. Yeah. And, and okay. what they do is it's really hard, but they spend a lot of time explaining why they're not doing stuff. And then you can, you can have things dismissed. I just haven't, I probably should, we just haven't, I don't have the patience for it. So mm. there are a couple of good premier partners, but a lot of the, the really big ones, like if you see premier partner, that just means that they've got some, you know, fresh out of school kid that goes in there and just does everything Google tells them to do. And at that point, man, hire a VA, save yourself some money. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, that's, I mean, it's, like I said, it's two different strategies overall. I mean, I don't know. It's unfortunate. Like, do do like, what is the likelihood of getting a like a rep, non-agency wise? Like, if I just opened a Google account, like, is there any sort of threshold of what you would need to be spending from an account perspective to be able to get a like? Would anybody pay attention to you? I guess is my question. Would you have yeah, meetings I, that might be worthwhile? I think if you now, I don't know what the minimum threshold is. Our clients all spend two grand a month or more. We don't take them. So, but if you're spending a couple grand, you'll get an email from somebody. 50% of the time they feel offshore to me. I can't tell that, but mm -hmm. just based off of various factors. And, you know, you can hook a call with them whenever you want. And you can ask them whatever questions you want. I, I bet you, if you're compliant, they'll even help you with policy stuff. I've never tried. Mm -hmm. But what they're trying to do is get you to do the stuff that Google wants you to do, which is why I don't engage with the reps. Dude, if you go hit like, you know, Warrior Forum or any of the any of the marketing forums, just just search for the keywords Google ruin my campaign. Because I can't tell you how many it's 20% of our leads, 20% of our leads, maybe that's a little aggressive, but so, but tax relevant number of our leads 
come from people who had perfectly fine campaigns. They were B-plus campaigns. A Google rep got their hooks into them, told them to make these three changes, and then the campaigns tanked. And even reversing those changes doesn't fix it. And now mm. they have to come to us and get an agency to fix it. So yeah, don't listen to what Google says. Google's dashboard lies to you. Like they have these recommended settings in brackets. Facebook does this too. In brackets, yeah. it'll say like, you know, you have these three options and this one's recommended. And 50% of the time, you know, like I'll give you a really specific example. When you're picking a geography in Google, there's a couple of options. You can say people in or interested in this location. So I need to target Reno, Nevada, because I want to buy houses from people that are, you know, the, the, the distressed sellers in Reno, Nevada. I can target people in or interested in, which is recommended, or I can just target people in. The problem with people in or interested in, especially with anything that might be of, you know, like a bunch of people are moving to Reno right now. So you're going to get people from all over the country and potentially all over the world. It, it dilutes the quality of your leads significantly. And yet that's still Google's recommended setting. Wow. <laughs> That's that's rough. Yeah. I mean, and how would you know unless you tested it and made a bunch of mistakes, you know? Yeah, like like for example, the ones that were doing well and then they listened to Google, like what are the most common things that maybe we can tell people here to watch out for if you actually do get, you know, I guess either fortunate or unfortunate enough to be reached out to by a uh by a Google rep? Like what are some of the things that what's the biggest things that you've seen pain points wise for people who have listened to what Google has said in order to try to optimize? Hey, I'm listening to Google. You know, my campaigns are doing well, but I want to scale them. And then I did this. And now all of a sudden, everything's for shit. Yeah, there's a bunch of them. The very first one, those are going to try to change your bid strategy. And okay. Google loves maximize conversions, which that makes a ton of sense because it's basically like, hey, Google, here's a blank check. I trust you, please. Go do whatever you'd like to do. And the issue with maximized conversions too is, is it doesn't take into consideration in every instance and there are ways around this, but it doesn't always take into consideration lead quality. So you might get more conversions, but the, it dilutes pretty heavily because what Google's doing is trying to figure out where, how to maximize the, the value of their own inventory. Hey, it's Kasim here and I have a question for you. What if you could legally get the emails of almost every person who visits your website? Now, I know that sounds crazy, but seriously, what if you could safely and respectfully target your website visitors via email just by dropping a pixel onto your site? It might sound too good to be true, but our new sponsors at getemails.com can do just that. They've created a system that's compliant with U.S. laws and regulations, and every email address they send you is opted in to receive emails. That means you can connect your anonymous website visitors to real people and then safely retarget them through email with real-time, fully compliant interactions. I've personally met the CEO, Adam Robinson, and the guy is absolutely brilliant. And he believes in his product so much that he's willing to do something a little crazy for PT listeners. If you are an e-commerce brand that's doing over a million in annual revenue and you've gone through their easy 30-minute onboarding process, if you don't 5X your investment within the first six months, they will give you all of your money back. To take advantage of this offer, go to getemails.com forward slash scalable. That's getemails.com forward slash scalable. Hey, PT listeners, when's the last time your business published on its blog? If the answer is that's way too long for me to remember, 
I want you to listen up because our friends at BKA Content have a news service where they'll deliver fresh blogs to your inbox and all you have to do is just post them on your site. Now, these articles are all originally written just for your business. They're not generic articles that are just copy and pasted or thrown into some AI software or written by a VA. No, these are professional writers who are going to sit down and write articles just for your business. We've used them in the past, and they're absolutely fabulous. Now, if you want an extra reason to go try them yourself, BK is giving PT listeners half off their first month. Just go to bkacontent.com forward slash perpetual to get started. That's bkacontent.com forward slash perpetual. So instead of being positions one or two, you might be three or four at the bottom of the page, and those conversions tend to be, you know, less valuable, obviously, because now you're dealing with like looky-loos who are clicking on everything and filling out everybody's form. So right. changing your bid strategies, and I'm not telling you there's anything wrong with maximized conversions. There's a bunch of reasons where you'd want to use that bid strategy. Google wants it all the damn time. Changing bid strategy, changing attribution. So Google's, you know, might encourage you to switch over to last click attribution or time decay attribution, depending on what your campaign looks like and what you're doing. And there, again, there's nothing wrong with those attribution settings if you know why you have them in place. Like for smart shopping, for instance, smart shopping is a, it's a user acquisition strategy. So it's like we go get somebody, bring them into my fold, and then I remarket to them to death forever. And then someday they buy. You don't want last click attribution because the last click doesn't actually matter. What matters is the first click. How did I get them into this, this firing squad of mine where they're just getting hemorrhaged, you know, just getting barraged with um, all of my ads? And Google making those changes, I think, can be a, a catastrophic error. The other thing that they do, and I, they, I have this in writing, they... In their own documentation, I shot a YouTube video on this recently. They say, feel free, and I'm paraphrasing, but basically feel free or feel confident to increase your spend as much as you'd like and as often as you'd like because our algorithm can handle it. <laughs> and it's such a bold-faced lie. The best campaigns I've ever run in my entire life with massive spends, you can't increase more than 10 20% per week. Hmm. If you ever go into Google and try to double anything, it's self-imposed inflation. You just you just shook the whole ecosystem, and people that have like automated bidding and and you know there, there's just a bunch of of cascading repercussions for any major change like that. That I don't know why they I don't know why they offer that narrative, but hmm. it's irresponsible. And I see it all the time, man. I see it. You know, I can't say daily, but weekly for damn sure. So I just logged into our MCC and the first recommendation for our biggest spender is Maximum recommendations, budget. raise your budgets. Yep. Oh, raise your budget. Yeah, there you go. Oh, it was maximum. I haven't seen that one yet. The next one is add new keywords. Third one sense. is add structured snippets to your ads. Yeah, which actually is a good recommendation. That seems like a smart recommendation. Yeah, that's a good like one. It wouldn't fundamentally, I mean, you're, you're optimizing in a different way there. Add call extensions to your ads? That's a bad one because call extensions, the problem with a call extension is there's no barrier between you and the idiot that's about to pick up the phone and people okay. don't pay attention. So I can't tell you how many times people call us. If I'm using call extensions, they actually call me thinking I'm Google because they just Google the words like Google ads. Support you are they, Google. I You're as smart as be. Google. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but they, they call the very first number that they see because they're so used to having like the result be so relevant. So I love most extensions, call extensions. There's nothing wrong with them in the right context. Like if you're an emergency plumber, yeah, use call extensions hundred mm -hmm. percent. But you know, call extensions have some pretty crappy leads. Increasing or adding keywords is dangerous because Google moved everything to broad match effectively. So if you add one keyword, that's the equivalent of adding a hundred. 
Okay. Because Google is going to be so expansive. You know, if you go in there and say, hey, I want a red shoe. And somebody Google's like, magenta flip-flop. Google's like, close enough, give it to them. And then all of a sudden your ad's popping for that crap. And sometimes you might say, hey, that's actually really good for me. Because I also sell magenta flip-flops. But for the most part, when they get that expensive, it, it ends up being to your detriment. And what's even worse, Ralph, and I'm so sorry I'm on this weird tear. What's even worse is they don't show you your search terms anymore. They used to mm. show you every single term that you that some, that you paid for. So there's the, the term that I bid on and then the term that they actually search for. And those two things are going to be different and we know that. But the term that they searched for, I used to have a list itemized with the number of people bidding on it, the number of conversions from those search terms. And now they took away a percentage of those search terms. They won't tell you how many they took away, but it's significant, more than half. And you'll have conversions for terms that they don't give you. So it'll just be not provided. It'll be like, oh, somebody Googled, you know, it's within this red shoe bucket, but I'm not going to tell you exactly what it is they search for. And they're claiming privacy. I call BS. Like, mm. it's, it's just them trying to force us in a position where we have to trust the machine learning. Yeah. Super interesting. So this is really good, actually. And don't forget to tune into Perpetual Traffic. Drops every Tuesday. Every Tuesday. That's it. Do we have any messages we forgot, Ralph, or is this a good? I think that's good. I don't think we've missed an episode in, ever. So ever. there you go. Yeah. Pressure's on us to make sure every Tuesday we're there. You're welcome, world. Yeah. <laughs> Ralph HB at Twitter. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Appreciate you uh, tuning in. You've been listening to Perpetual Traffic. For more information and to get the resources mentioned in this episode, visit digitalmarketer.com forward slash podcast. Thank you for listening.